So it's the closing session of the three-month retreat, and um, you've all had a good amount of time to review the mind, emotions, thoughts, feelings, bodily sensations, how we are with health and sickness, being together, being alone, being busy, being silent, feeling tired, feeling great, wondering what to do, so on. Is, uh, and the whole kind of <clears throat> looking for a standpoint in a world of change, which is the kind of basic conundrum, and you just see it much more clearly in a meditation retreat. Mm. And uh, it's such a such a fundamental instinct looking for a standpoint that you can't really just uh, break it. You have to gradually wean wean yourself of various standpoints to get to better, more peaceful standpoints until there's a possibility to relinquish. There's a process, uh, the particular formulation of the teachings is how the condition leads to the unconditioned. Condition always has a a condition it rests upon a thought, feeling, a mood, a situation, a context, a state of being, ideology, witnessing. These are all standpoints, witnessing, um, whatever. You know, it's somewhere where you feel kind of settled and you can be with what's going on. Natural. That's the, that's the condition. It's a, pro, it's a very fundamental program. The program of being. Bhava. It's to be somewhere where you can line things up and you feel okay. You know, things are steady. And you seek patterns. You know, you pattern maybe, well, I'll do so many hours work a day and have meditation. Uh, drink this tea and not that tea. Or, you know, need these hours of sleep. Or this not, you know. All these are the kind of situations I like being with, and you find your, your pattern, which makes you feel most comfortable, use and gives you the best opportunities. This is all standard stuff, conditioning, programming. And you could say very, very broadly speaking, the aim of the samatha, or calming, steadying, is really just to find a suitable program, the most suitable program you can get to in terms of your own energies, your health, your dispositions, whether that's, you know, watching your breath, um, listening to the sound of silence, walking slowly, keeping very quiet, or if you, sometimes your energies, you just need to be something that's a bit brisker because your energy is pitched a bit higher. So you've got to be something like chanting, devotion, somewhere where you're actually, you're not, you're, you're, your conditioned energy is finding a place where it can feel there's no conflict with it. You can calm it or steady it. But often, people have different levels of energy, you know, dependent on makeup, health, and whatever. But you're trying to be with the energy you have without pushing it 
struggling against it or trying to continually shut it down. You know, so you find where you can, it can be conducive, where you just feel steady and good in it, and it's not demanding, it's not held back. And then you, you get into the, the feeling of contentment, really. That's the one you're looking for. You know, the feeling of some sort of fulfilled, contented, joyful, calm, easeful state of being. That's your basic um, benchmark, really, for Sangha life, for who you live with, for how, what patterns you form in the way you, you, your day. And uh, hopefully we, we are gaining the kind of confidence and intelligence to, to realize, well, that's going to be slightly different for different people. You know, not everybody's expected to do exactly the same things exactly at the same time. And yet there's a general feeling of, yeah, there's a, there's a, a theme here, sila, morality, um, being in a community, helping each other, looking after each other, um, meditating and so forth. Yeah. And so there's a room within that. So it's sort of sense of, it brings up your, 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 um, your well-being and you rise to that if you're some sense of uh, who you are is accepted and allowed. There's a place here, a place for you in your thought, in your patterning. And this is a kind of, a, you know, very wide sense of, of um, what we're trying to encourage in, in community life in, in a retreat. How's it going to How's it going to work? And there's all sorts of things that need to be people need to find their way with. The conditioning that leads to the unconditioned, or the programming that leads to the unprogramming. So, actually, you know, it's it's a. If we think of the of the unconditioned or the unprogrammed to be another thing other than the condition, well, that's. That's not it, is it? Because, because if it is, it's it's conditioned. You know, it's it's uh, it's really the program that undoes itself. You might say. So it's not you go from one thing to another thing, or from one state to another state, but you begin to work with the energies and the patterning and the programs of your body, mind, heart, thought. Um, relationships you work with until you find yourself steady within them and you begin to uh, release grosser and finer degrees of holding on within that until there's no holding on and you know as we all know the bodies continue thoughts can you know buddhas certainly continue physically so they seem to be affected by things, be able to respond and think and speak. So those programs are there. But there isn't a program that demands or clutches or despairs. Isn't the struggle to find a standpoint? Because you can more or less run any old program. So the unconditioned, we can say, is that freedom from conditions. Meaning freedom to operate within conditions, within programs as is necessary, is suitable, you, you've got a whole flexibility. And that you don't take a stand, you don't need a stand, 
There's something out, there's a sense of the freedom itself is uh, is a taste or a um, release that feels the most um, satisfying and you can mm, that quality of freedom and there's something we can glimpse more say any time we let go of a little bit you get as Ajahn Chah says you go let, let go a little bit you get a little bit of peace you let go a lot you get a lot of peace you let go completely you get, <laughs> you get complete peace so there's a, definitely a gradation there isn't there you get the kind of whisper the taste of it So that's, there's a, um, you know, the Buddha kind of gradated those, those flavorings, those, those, those uh, shifts, those, that deepening in a number of ways. But the brief one, if you like, is uh, um, one recognizes anicca, impermanence, um, relativity, insubstantiality, if you like to call it. And through really recognizing that, you begin to experience a sense of no center, no self, no, no fixing or anything. And because of that, there's nibbana. That's the, that's the briefest one. Um, so you've got that particular, there's a sense of it's a movement. There's a gradation there. It's not just being you drop the whole lot in one go. There's some sort of process there. Um, because this actually is something that is, is steered. The whole process of even of unconditioning is is programmed. There's a particular well, program is a kind of crude way of putting it, but it's definitely steered through, directed. Mm. You know, it's a volition to undo the volitions, the the programs that undo themselves. And you, you, you recognize and you steer through that. It's like gradually unfastening something from the really heavy bonds to the lighter ones. And you're always keen to look at how you can, you know, do that. And essentially with every stage, you, you let go of something and you, you experience what's there. What does it feel like to have let go? If it feels free and good, then you know you've done it. If it feels like tense and tight, it means you haven't let go, you've just suppressed something. So, you know, if it's let go, there's a quality of more expansive or freer, calmer, more settled. It's not constricted. So you always kind of keep that in mind. This is a happy process, a joyful process. Another uh, sequence that the Buddha used was um, viveka, uh, which means uh, non-involvement, you might say, viraga, dispassion, niroda, stopping, or non-arising, niroda, non-running, and um, vosaga, relinquishment. And he says these have to be cultivated, it's... Uh, non-involvement, dispassion, um, says ceasing or not running. That's it's interesting that and and complete relinquishment. Mm. 
I think you get the double meaning of, of niroda because it it it, do, it it tends to take away the negativity of you know like freezing something up. It just means something's not actually running away anymore. It's come to a state of settledness or rest or conclusion. It's not running. A program isn't running. Mm. So this particular sequence, non-involvement, you know, or viveka, eka oneness, you're not being one with something, you're not bonded into. And what is it not, not to be bonded into? Yeah, because these are, these are um, to be applied um, to, particular, to particular conditions. So it's not like non-attachment means don't attach to to uh, precepts, don't attach to, you know, it means, no, no, it is, don't get involved with um, covetousness uh, and, and dejection, hankering and dejection. You know, don't get involved with that. Abhijja. This means sense desire also means the craving for hunger for um, psychological things you might say status or um, friendships or you know things of this nature the hankering um, going places you know this kind of thing that the mind will tend to do. You know, so these are pragmatic teachings. When you witness your mind, you can see, yeah, it does do that, doesn't it? You know, planning the future and where we're going to go next and what we'd like to be and what we'd like to have happen and so forth. It's, uh, and you can feel it as a kind of pushing, um, burning or you know, clawing. And then there's a frustration when you can't do that. And the mind then gets dejected and despondent, this isn't happening, I can't go there, I don't do this, I haven't got this. So there's a particular pattern there, program, that is uh, painful. And uh, the Buddha is saying, you know, just step back from that, come out of that. Mm. Why, why, is, why, even if it, why, as it's painful, why does the mind do it? Why is there craving? Because the craving holds out the carrot that if you got there, you'd really be, yeah, it'd be here. You'd be, yeah, you'd be better there. <laughs> One of those, you, yeah, you, that's it. You get a little image comes in the mind of how nice it would be and you're settled and warm and happy and, yeah. Yeah, you know, or alive and bright, or whatever it is. And there's a feeling of fulfilment in that, isn't there? And uh, I expect that this is kind of a pretty common program, so that in our lives we probably followed that various times in various ways. And yeah, you get this, it does take you to places where you get something like that happens. Sometimes, sometimes you don't, but then it, it just it passes. The glow, the bright light fades away. Uh, if it didn't work at all, nobody'd do it. 
but because it does have a temporary lift, then we follow it. But then, no, it does. it's gone again. It's gone again. No. Maybe another one, a different one. No. So it's not particular phenomena, but programs. It's not about food or people or activities. It's about the particular hungering. And that's, that's the, also the bit to get clear. You know, certainly most of us are going to recognize, hey, where's the place, where's the territory where my hungering gets the most um, stimulation? I'm, I'm going to stay, keep back from that territory. You know, it's a place where I don't feel I can, the energy just gets too strong or that it stirs it all up. So I'm going to step back from, I don't know, you know, standard, a lot of sensual activity, sexuality, entertainment, things that actually do stimulate you, just step back from that. Mm. Because it's like, yeah, this is a difficult job, you don't actually raise the odds. So is it, you know, just knowing you can do that, we can all do that, we've all done that, we all do that many times. And to really appreciate that, to, to feel, to, to reflect on the good that has been done and to reflect on, on that um, quality is the aspect maybe that needs to be encouraged because we all do this, we all let go, we all step back, we all restrain, we all give up, we all do that. But do you feel gladdened by it? And it's a matter of just kind of coming back. Because so often when you let go of one set of craving, and just it creates room for another set to come up. So just to really appreciate, that's the bit, you know, to to fulfill the process. you, You have to see the result of a little bit of letting go a little diminution in intensity, the density of the condition, condition process. That's the path. If you don't really taste it, then you're working often on an ideological basis, like I should let go, I should do this, I've got to let go a bit. We don't really know it in your guts, you know it in your head, we know it in the book, or we know you should, but you haven't actually got the taste to really uh, appreciate that. And also something like Viveka, you know, letting go of uh, anchoring, craving, uh, selfishness, um, and dejection, despond, not feeling of failure, you know, feeling of not getting anywhere, this kind of stuff that we get into. And this isn't just the meditation process, or you could say that, but just a broad, broad med- that, that sense, you know. Sometimes it's just um, helping other people. So you bring up, you just come out of that, that program. How you come out of it, there's a range of ways you can come out of it. You know? As long as you come out of it. So, you know, serving is certainly a a strong 
feature of the practices that we encourage. So you're not just kind of fretting about yourself and you feel a sense of goodness and uplift and contented in your life. And service can be a very wide-ranging thing, physical acts, the verbal acts, to even just uh, just turning up on time and being here and just being part of the thing and somehow creating a sense of, you know, uh, solidarity. That's a, that's sometimes that service when something you say, oh, I just going to be off my own, really. But no, I'll go there because somehow it might just help to strengthen or... Mm-hmm. You know that service. It's that that coming out of some of these uh, hankering and dejection programs. This is um, this this graduated movement of letting go. Some people call it insight. Uh, I don't know what that means, really. Certainly, you're, you're looking into, rather than just, um, you know, there's a way in which you, you're, you're kind of changing some of the program, you kind of come to a more satisfying program, but perhaps the inside bit is the, is the witnessing not what's present, but what has gone. You know, you look into it and you realise something is that was driving you, bugging you, pressing you, is not there. And you look into that, that little bit of emptying. And, and it, it isn't anybody. And if you get, um, you see how that process occurs, you get faith in it, confidence in it, then it can come to a deeper level or another level you're more dealing with um, just the whole sense of um, raga. Raga is um, translated as passion. It's the... um, The movements of ups and downs, you know, like Indian music is full of raga. They're called ragas. It comes from the same same word, you know, and it's the most beautiful, moving uh, um, sounds. You know, it's just cascades of wonderful sounds, um, tremendously moving. They, they, they are they're literally to evoke particular moves. There's dawn ragas and evening ragas and you know, it's almost like poetry and sound to evoke particular nuances and ambiences. And it's this sense of moving the heart. Yeah. And so, virag. Is <laughs> is coming out, coming out of that. <laughs> Which is... Uh, you know, a process in itself. It's only going to happen if you, if you, 
from the basis of viveka. You know, if you actually recognize the, you know, the, the, the letting go, the emptying, is something that's more, I don't know what you'd call it, but more boundless, more open, more potency, more, you know, less stress in it in a way. Then you be, you know, you can kind of take, and you can pair that with maybe the the movements of ups and downs, you know, of elation and uh, sorrow and rejoicing and so forth. Mm. Certainly, if one's going to go up and down, it's nice to go up and down some pleasant scales rather than some real bummers. <laughs> some sort of screeching sounds. So, and then you see, actually, it's just like moving from sounds into into silence. As we is some doing some um, overtone sounding the other night, and you see the sounds. Actually, they it's not really. It's kind of. There's not a lot of movement in it, it's quite subtle, just this particular sound. And then as the sound almost captures all of the emotive tendencies into one particular tone, and the tone disappears into silence. That's, you know, that's the perfection of it, isn't it? You capture all the, all the tonalities of the heart into one fine, steady theme and you're staying with that till it goes into silence and you, oh. so that is uh, and that's what we kind of do in meditation <laughs> that's the theme you know, gladdening the mind um, sense of, of glad, you know Rejoicing, pity, joyfulness, uplift, buoyancy, ease, brightening the mind, gladdening the mind, steadying the mind, and then freeing the mind, freeing the mind, just letting the tone go to silence. Which is very different from just shut up. And so often that that process is something that's quite takes quite a bit of careful handling because uh, you know I, I think one of the misses or the mistakes on on this is is some sense of which you you clamp down you clamp down you know viraga cut off viraga clamp down niroda shut up <laughs> it's just kind of freezed freeze dried. And the missing bit seems to be the sense of the, the real appreciate the the careful cultivation. You know, in the in the, what will make that possible, what will make that happen, what will make that something that you feel comfortable with, requires less effort of will. It's not a crude effort of will. It's a subtle learning and in. in inclination that draws you in because it's has the taste of freedom and boundlessness to it so you just move in there 
I think most of us, you know, often have to kind of unfreeze some of the emotional potential in ourselves that gets frozen up or clamped up or just constricted into pretty crazy patterns, you know. And it's so it's all bunged up, or it's going into 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 frantic moods and swings. You've almost got to unfreeze that, so there is an emotional handling, you know, an emotional um, massaging of the of the heart and mind. From what, uh, but the aim is really to to refine, beautify, refine, gladden to steady, to release that. So that the program is taking a stand on a particular mood or taking a stand against moods and emotions, both of those standpoints are relinquished. That's the aim, really, you kind of how can you um, how can you see that 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 bhava, the instinct towards finding a place, finding a center, and gradually tr- train to come out of it? And so, you know, we might find ourselves taking a stand on a particular set of emotions we want to be and have, you know, and then you know, or we take a stand against particular sets of emotions. Or against the whole package, you know, shut it all down. But um, actually, you, you know, long term you realize none of those programs work. Sangha life to me is joyful and miserable and confusing and clear and friendly and bleak and <laughs> all the colors of the rainbow. Yeah. Because that's what my mind is. Those are the programs that can run in it. <laughs> and it didn't use them all those. You know, it's just sort of fairly, but it's kind of got a much. And then eventually you just, you come to the point where it's, you know, you, you know you see, they're all kind of credible in their own way. But. You know. It's the how to uh, just get spacious enough to allow them to to move through. So there's a brightness and a flexibility and openness, sensitivity. We're not particularly hungry taking a stand you know is it like this you know yourself or in others you I personally I want people to be happy I do not want people to be unhappy if I see people looking unhappy I feel unhappy I feel I should try and do something I don't want it to be that way but it's always like that When you're in the suffering business, you're never short for clients, you know. 
but then you realize actually to be a, 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 a fully um, certified Buddhist is to be in the suffering and the non-suffering business. You've got two departments. Uh, so, you know, one's in, uh, you know, maybe one's inclination maybe towards being anxious or worried about suffering of self or others. You know, you can actually look at the non-suffering, the stress-free, the okay, that we can manage, though it could be worse. The, well, this day was pretty good, or, well, at least the rabbits weren't freaked out, you know. You know, so you just pick that side. I think for some of us, that's a really helpful sign to pick up. I don't, I don't particularly feel that's much of a serendipity kind of character. So it's really helpful just to pick up that, that those signs. You get some sense which I'm just not running down that old, bleak, tragic, um, tragic romantic failure pattern. And uh, so there's a tension and stress, trying to make it work, whatever that is. So this kind of sense of within dispassion, then when if that if that can be accomplished, or the degree to which we can accomplish that in ourselves and our minds, there's a stopping of certain senses of wanting and frustration you know, wanting things to work wanting things to make sense wanting things to be you know little bits of things start to stop you realize it's never going to make sense it's ne- you know whatever that is it's never going to work whatever that is you know you see, these programs don't make sense in themselves did it ever work and it's kind of bits of the, the I mean, bits of your psych, psychological program start to actually you see them as as total non-starters. And you go down that one. <laughs> Stop running it. That's Neroda. Stop running the dreams, the fantasies, the you know, the Alice in Wonderland stuff. They all lived happily ever after stuff. Mm-hmm. What's that like, you know? With something. You know? It's not a repression, but a release, in which actually that makes one more able to, to be with the ups and downs of samsara because you don't expect or get so thrown by it relinquishment it's like you change your address, called, like someone's called change of lineage, or change you change your address. You might say it's more you 
you look, you kind of sense of just going into that, that spaciousness, you could say, that sense of release, that sense of moment at a time, that sense of no program, that sense of no expectation, that sense of no failure, that sense of no reward. Mm-hmm. It's a relinquishment. And these are, this is a, you know, we, we get a flavor of that, feeling for that. Because the, 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 the taste is the same. You just kind of deepen into that and savor that more and trust it more. Every, all bhava, uh, becoming, being something, the most kind of fundamental program, looks for standpoints, looks for a center, looks to formulate, looks to constellate. Yeah. And on a, there's times for that. You know, there's, there's, there's scenarios where, yes, we form groups, friendships, programs, agendas, you know, and there's times when you can, you know, um, let let that go. Because the I suppose the subtlest form of becoming of being is when you start to take a standpoint in space in space formless, formless awareness. You know, this is true and real where I am. So awareness or the more formless, more spacious it gets is an exceptionally useful base for relinquishment of phenomena. And to get the, the real uh, confidence in relinquishment, you know, where most meditations will take you if you've developed them is towards just the quality of clear, pure awareness. Mm. You know, the signs fade out, the breath fades out, the nimittas fade out, the, the you know, the sound of silence or whatever, you know, these kind of, the signs fade into signlessness. And, um, you know, but there's a very um, apt discourse in, in the Majima, you know, the lesser discourse on emptiness, where, you know, this person is seen as going through all these different levels of, of signlessness and awareness and so forth. And he recognizes, oh, this quality of signlessness, of purity, is something that's arisen through definite inclinations of the mind, through particular steering and conditioning. Whatever is steered and conditioned is just this. (laughs) Knowing this, he relinquishes it. doesn't take a stand on it, doesn't 
make a position out of it. Mm. So it is that in our practice we look uh, as a sense of realism, pragmatism. Standing on what? What do I need to stand in in order to, to let go of other things? Stand on the good or let go of the bad. I stand on the crude to let. I stand on the fine to let go of the crude. I stand on the the pure to let go of the impure. And then, uh, you know, the sense of like trust, relinquishment. What stands? <laughs> 